sweet ones. Welcome to the All That To Say podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Klein. On this podcast, we talk about the hard stuff. A, because I've been through a lot of it. B, because most of you have too. And C, because I believe that we have a loving God who, I don't know, wants us to have a little fun every now and then. Okay, so my husband is coming back on the podcast very soon to talk about our dating story and our courtship. But I thought before we talked together, I'd share my very brief dating journey that led me to Richard and to being ready for Richard. My first husband moved out of our family home in June of 2011, and then my kids and I moved out of our family home in November 2011. Our divorce was official in July 2012. For about 18 months past my divorce date, the idea of dating not only did not cross my mind, it pretty much repulsed me. Um, In fact, I remember my son asking me during that time if I were going to start dating again, and I'm like, let's change the subject. So during that time, I prayed that God would keep men from me and me from men, and he totally did. And I spent that time trying to figure out how to be a single mom to two teenagers how to get us through the, you know, absolute hell of post-divorce life, um, along with lots of time writing my book, Unraveling. I was starting my ministry that I didn't know was going to be starting, and lots of time in counseling with my mentor, with my friends, on long walks, finding myself again, or maybe for the first time, and begging God and letting God comfort and heal me and put me back together. And then something interesting happened. One morning in December of 2013, my friend Erica texted me saying, hey, did you see that a guy commented on your blog today? Um, Let's just say everything about my blog is pink and really no, I think almost no men read it and a very, like so rare that a man would actually comment. Um, and I think I responded with, no, I didn't see that. And who cares or something. And she texted back, uh, maybe just take a look. And he had commented something funny. And so I commented back and then he emailed me like a writing question and I emailed him back. And then a couple weeks went by and we were emailing often and it switched to texting And then we changed to phone calls, which if you know me at all is a huge deal because I don't talk on the phone with like anybody. Um, And then we switched to FaceTime and this went on for six months and I fell for him like hard girls. And here's the thing. Some of you may remember who followed this saga all those years ago. We lived very far away from each other. Like, I think like a 16 hour drive or something was in between us. And we both had kids that needed us to raise them and stay in the same state with them. Um, It made pretty much zero sense for us to be in this, whatever we were calling it. We never really called it a relationship. We never really said we were dating, though we were talking about marriage. Um, But I was giddy. And he was kind and funny and a writer and a speaker and six months in, and we met in person, both driving halfway. I want to be clear. Though we met for the weekend, I did not have sex with him. Um, And the reason I'm saying that is because 
I'm going to go off on a tangent here that I did not write down. I find it, I'm going to talk about more of this um, in the intro before my um, like conversation with my husband in the next uh, episode that we talk where we're going to talk about our dating story. But I have, I've never really understood when divorced people think who are Christians think it's okay that to have sex before marriage the second time because you already did. Um, and I'm also outright saying I did not have sex with this guy because um, I want to be an example and because I want to make sure that I'm clear and never alluding to something that leaves you wondering. I was recently listening to a podcast with someone. Um, I'm not going to go into who, but though I believe her to be a Christian, um, I she kind of left some things that maybe she's having sex. Okay, she's a grown woman, whatever, I'm on a tangent. Um, but I just wanted, I didn't want to say we met, you know, partway for the weekend. Because um, that could sound like we had sex and we did not. Okay. <laughs> if either of my kids are listening to this, they're probably dying. Okay. Um, anyway, on that weekend, having actual, you know, face-to-face -face time with him and spending all of that time with him. And seeing him as a real person, as opposed to just being, you know, a relationship with my phone, um, I fell harder for him. And we had been like kind of talking about how we can make our lives work together, both living apart, but traveling to see each other often. And when I went home, I felt like I maybe had met the one, quote unquote. And he ended things on Monday. He might have ended things on Sunday night when I got home. It's foggy at this time, but to say I was devastated is a, is an understatement. Um, I was devastated from that relationship ending and from what it felt like, you know, was a second chance and the friendship and the relationship that we had been building, but it also reopened some of my divorce wounds and then some, and I was a mess. Um, but I would do it all again because God used him to heal some things in me. And he was genuinely kind to me for six months when I had been used to, for the most part, unkind for about 20 years. So I grieved probably for about six weeks, like hardcore. Um, and then my girlfriends, you know, kind of lovingly intervened and suggested that perhaps I was ready to date and perhaps that would help me get over what's his face. Okay. I know his name. I'm just not going to say it because he's Googleable. Um, so in June of 2014, my sweet mentor helped me create my online dating profile. Um, and yeah, that's, that's how I chose to date at that point in my life. Um, I was a stay at home, work from home mom who worked at her kitchen counter on her laptop, who barely left her house and had only married friends and who went to a church with like one single man. And I didn't go to bars as in, I had never sat at a bar literally my entire life. And unless a Jesus loving, like appliance delivery man, were going to gallop through my door. The internet seemed like my best and only bet. Um, so my profile 
was as explicit as it could be with things like, I love Jesus in all caps. And if you don't love Jesus, please do not bother messaging me, but have a nice day. Um, and I outright said, I have two teenagers. And I said that if all you can muster up is like a wink or the standard message that they let you like just click on, I wouldn't respond. And I said that if you were only separated and not yet divorced, we would not be going anywhere. And I said, I lived in a small town in Illinois and I wasn't moving. And I said that I was looking for someone like in their forties. I don't know if I said maybe fifties, I might've said early fifties anyway. And yet still the ridiculousness that I still had to wade through. Like I remember I had a wink from a 70 year old, not yet divorced man from Florida. Oh my lands. But then I started to communicate with a few men who genuinely seemed interesting and kind. So I met with three of them doing one date at a time. And my particular process, which you better believe I had a process, I had a spreadsheet and everything. Um, I gave myself 24 hours to decide if I wanted to see the man again. If I didn't, I let him know the next day because I didn't want to hurt anyone by dragging anything out. Keep in mind, the last time I had dated would have been 25 years prior to this. And um, I had had like three dates before I started dating my first husband. So if that, come to think of it. So I had zero experience in my entire life when it came to dating and then add to it this whole internet thing. I, I barely had any idea what I was doing, but I will say every part of this, I was praying through when to start my profile, um, what I wrote on it, how I answered the questions, who I communicated with. If I said yes to a date or not, I prayed before the date. I prayed after the date on and on and on and on. And on. Also, side note, girls, if this is how you are going to um, choose to look for a partner, you absolutely have to be safe. Um, I would tell my girls, my girlfriends, where I was going, when I would be there. And knowing me, I probably sent them like the guy's profile picture and name and phone number, um, you know, because I figured if he ended up being my murderer, those would be you know, pertinent details. And then I would tell them when I was home. Okay. I probably texted them from the car in the parking lot. Who am I kidding? Okay. So the first three men were fine, but no love connection day after did the call slash message. Um, the fourth guy, there was some chemistry, but he got upset with me pretty quickly and pretty soon. And it turned into a weird couple of weeks where I even declared no boys July and I took my profiles down after only having them up maybe two or three weeks. At one point, I even took this guy for a walk to look him in the eyes and literally tell him that the way he talked to me was unacceptable, that you don't call someone baby you barely know, that you don't tell any woman, let alone this woman, that I'm going away with you to Florida for the weekend after knowing me for like 10 days. And I asked him, pretty clearly. Do you understand we are not moving forward? He said, yes. Okay. So a few days went by, I felt less rattled and overall that, and I realized it's a woman's prerogative to change your mind. And I wasn't feeling like 
uh, in over my head anymore. So the profiles went back up in early July. And then one day, a cute man who lived 90 minutes away sent me a message. We messaged and then texted and then finally talked on the phone. And I think maybe about a week and a half, two weeks in, I asked if he'd like to meet me. He said yes. He drove 90 minutes to see me and I drove 90 seconds to see him at my the restaurant that's literally in um, my neighborhood. So before we met, though, I had made it clear I wasn't moving. I had kids in high school. Um, we were we had roots here. I wasn't going anywhere. And I even said that if you're not prepared to move, we maybe shouldn't even bother meeting. And it turned out he was looking for a clean slate and a fresh start away from his small town and said he'd move for the right woman. And it turns out I was the right woman. So Richard and I will continue like this portion of the discussion together soon. But here are just some kind of extra thoughts. Um. One, it was important for me to make a list of what I was looking for and what would be absolute deal breakers. And I would also say that um, one woman's deal breaker is not the same as another. Um, Also, to know what's important to you of what you're looking for in a man, um, that's going to start with you knowing yourself um, and what you like and what you don't like and your preferences and are you introverted? Are you extroverted? Things like that. Those things are really important to learn about yourself if you don't already know. Um, Okay. So I ended up having a total of four first dates. That's it. And then Richard was the fifth man that I met And our wedding was our 190th date. Yeah. Somehow I, I counted. Okay. But after each of my first dates, I noticed that my list was shifting of things that I was looking for, things that I thought were deal breakers that maybe weren't. For instance, I thought um, it might be interesting or good to maybe end up with someone who hadn't been married because there'd be no baggage, right? But after I met an unmarried man, I realized he would have no idea what I had spent the last 20 years dealing with and working through or how to co-parent teenagers with me. Now, this ended up just being my preference and my personal observation with one man. But here's my point with this. I allowed, in a good way, these new men that I was meeting to open up my mind a bit and to help me refine my search and what was important to me. Also, the little sticky wicket with that one guy calling me baby and too many texts and his quick temper, I ended up handling it like a champ, but admittedly, I stumbled through it for a little bit there, Um, totally reverting to the girl who apologized for someone else's anger outburst and what the heck. I was stunned by how little growth I felt I had gained. That was kind of a learning for me. But I reminded myself that those new muscles of boundaries and sticking up for myself Well, those are like easy to learn on paper. They're easy to learn in your journal. They're easy to learn in a vacuum, but they're not really worked and used until they're tested in an actual relational situation. So yes, I messed up with that guy, but I also turned it around in days as opposed to like 15 years. So 
Um, I'm going to wrap up with this. And I touched on this a bit in episode one called Living Loved. Um, So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to that whole one because that's a really, really great foundation for dating. But if you are divorced, and I mean fully all the way divorced, and you are thinking about dating, and the reason that you're thinking about dating is because you're lonely or you want to show your ex that you're worthy, or you need to show yourself that you're worthy. My belief is you are ironically not yet ready to date, at least not ready to date to find a partner who will be good for you and to you, who you will be good for and good to. Okay. I want to give you an analogy and maybe you've heard me say this before. Picture on divorce day that the judge hands you a pair of those sunglasses. I think they're called like transitional sunglasses where when you're inside, they look like glasses, regular old glasses. But when you walk outside, they adjust to the light and they become sunglasses. Okay. But say that they start in reverse. You are given on your divorce day, figurative transition sunglasses, and they are super dark, making everything murky. It's as time goes by, as God does healing, as you do the intentional, difficult inner work, the glasses start to become lighter and clearer day after day, week after week, month after month. Girls, the woman who is newly divorced or has done zero work on herself, zero reflection, the woman who's coming from a place of loneliness or neediness or unworthiness or feeling like she has something to prove, that woman would choose men to date who are of vastly different quality and maturity levels than the woman who has put in the time to heal, let time pass, who has, who's coming from a place of trusting her worth in Christ, who knows she's already loved, who has relearned who she is on the other side of this, who has done the hard work of owning her own stuff. Your future And if you have children, your children's future is at stake here, girls. Don't rush this. Now, things have worked out for Richard and me, but we both admit, and we'll more than likely talk about this in the next episode, that we wished we'd waited till more time had gone by after both of our divorces for ourselves and for our kids. Okay. I have created a ton of divorce resources. If you don't already know that, I'm going to list them all in the show notes. Um, I hope this um, this time has been helpful, just giving you some of my background before Richard and I jump in to talk together. Also, as always, you can share or subscribe to or support this podcast if it's benefited you. So sweet ones, all that to say, no matter your relational status, no matter the choices you've made up to this point, And no matter if you're in the middle of a heartbreak, you, sweet girl, are the conditionally, the conditionally, nope, you are the unconditionally beloved daughter of God. And he is 
so delighted with you. You came into this world and you start each day already completely loved and you have no other loves to beg for and you have nothing to prove to anyone. Till next time, so, so much love.